Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. We have some juicy tea and lovely conversation happening today. You are listening to the Beauty Archeo. I am your host, Professor Noir. This is your fashion history comedy podcast broadcasting live on full service radio from the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C. Hello, everyone. Class, do you have your notebooks? And I actually mean real pen and paper. (laughs) None of that millennial shit. I want like real pen and paper. I want you to feel the words. I do have my notes, actually. You do. I want you to feel the (laughs) shit. I have two. So we are continuing a lovely conversation that we started last week on the Met Gala. We were doing a lovely assessment, but it turned into more of us. We, um, my special guest at the time, Monday, we wanted to just continue the conversation about camp because there was so much information we didn't fully get to discuss. Which was really sad. I need to find a place for this water that's safe. You you watch the water. <laughs> You're responsible for the open <laughs> container of water here around so all these yes, wires. The camp conversation must continue. So, so yeah. So you're back, Monday. What's up? Good to be here. On Hi. the ones and the twos. Yes. Hello. Tell Bringing the pe- it for you. Thank you. And then we also have a lovely guest who is a, a dear friend of mine as well. And we have worked on an amalgam of creative projects. You are just this creative genius when it comes to graphics and also a fashion genius as well like sure. along with Mundy you know what I mean like like oh my god Trey introduce yourself hi I'm Trey <laughs> Ooh. yeah you are yeah you are I love Ooh. that voice yes. she has a sexy secret yeah. <laughs> it's my radio voice <laughs> That is my favorite thing to say about someone these days. Oh, they got a, a sexy, sexy secret. secret. <laughs> yes. Oh, Trey always looks like she has a sexy secret. <laughs> so it's true. So <laughs> she does. Monday, you uh, this you know you were here last week, and if people don't remember, or haven't heard the episode. Monday, I like to call it is a space um, superstar um, of mm. futurism, of gender futurism, of music, of music. Future, musical musical futurism. Sorry, I'm Ooh, like yes. stumbling over here. Um, <laughs> future got you tripping. It's I okay. said the future got me tripping. <laughs> um, and then Trey, what? How do you describe what you do? Because I consider you kind of like a a jack of all trades, the master of them as well. You know, just like Monday over here. But what do you describe yourself as? That's that's valid. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Thanks. <laughs> yep. I'm a creative director, technically. Okay, yes. So, yeah, you are yeah. a creative director. People bring me onto projects, and then I make them happen. I assemble a crew, and I create all the things. So Create all the things? Yeah. Like little like dolls and things? Or Anything. Just... It just depends on... Like, yes, I have, I have done that, too. You <laughs> created dolls? Yes. You are true. so wild. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Also, I love when people come to this podcast because this thing is completely done audio and there's no video but we are always dressed over here (laughs) because this is how we live our lives this is how we live our lives as well (laughs) and you know continue our conversation in a little bit about the subject of camp which is the subject of the met gala this year or the metropolitan costume institute's exhibition not just the met gala excuse me Mm -hmm. um monday of course is in their signature colorful like 1980s short sleeve blouse with <laughs> checkered sailboats. 
It's always a bit abstract, but I do love it's a like, black and white checkerboard situation. Yeah, it's like an abstract checkerboard sailboat on a tan and black, almost like cork-like background. It reminds me of those um, notebooks that you would get back in the day. Yeah, like the marble notebooks. Yeah, it looks like that, but like tan and black or like a taupe, <laughs> and, not taupe, but like a like a mud brown. Ugh. I mean, I'm just trying to give it color. We, right we now. do, we do. Yes, I have we were to describe about a lot this shade on, this. on the way here. Yeah. It was like, what are you talking about? Like maybe like a more of like a. It's bronzy. It bronzy. reminds me of when you have a project at home and you go to Lowe's and you get that <laughs> spray paint that's supposed to be fake rock. <laughs> it has the texture. And so it's like that bronzy spray paint background. So That's it's like a, so you are a bronzy spray paint fake rock background with an abstract checkered board boat. Yeah, I'm and, solid. And the, yeah. and the earrings to match. Yes. With the earrings to match. My earrings are always too big for the headphones. They're, Every oh, time oh, I come yeah. on this, I always have to take my spike spacers out and my big ladies earrings out. I know. Your, your, your earrings are too big. You just live a life too big. You know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I don't Trey know how to live real. it any other way. And then Trey over here is wearing a bishop's bishop sleeve, bishop sleeve, um, bow cravat tie neck blouse. And is this linen or yes. is this a cotton voile? It's more of a cotton it, voile. It's like more of a voile. Yeah, it's a which is a lightweight cotton people that almost looks like just like you know a peasant toppy kind yes. of like fabric. Um, but it is. But white with black polka dots, giant of black course. polka dots, of course, yes. and a striped um, waistcoat, um, which is really cute. Victorian style, Victoria vest. style vest, yeah. obviously sleeveless, very fitted, yes. obviously giving you that beautiful shape. And then check, not checkered, uh, triangle, yes, triangle, checked, skinny. High waisted jeans. <laughs> High waisted jeans. And don't forget. Oh, and what is this shoe? There's so yes. much going on with this shoe. This. And then a Justice of League full on for Justice League full on Converse. Yes. Right here. And then Monday is always still in a shit kicking motherfucking punk. Yes. <laughs> Keep me out of the mud, honey. Out of these platforms. You know, just in case you gotta escape. They're also like wrestling boots, just they, in case they are down. wrestling. <laughs> But you don't fight like that, though. Not no. I, I try to avoid it at all costs. You're a peaceful fashion disciple. Fashion disciples like to remain peaceful because we don't want to fuck up our outfits. Exactly. Yes. And I'm not trying to go to jail. No, we're not. And right now, I am dressed. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I am technically. And right now, I am strange. dressed in my signature black. I am wearing a one-piece maxi button-up dress. I kind of look like a uh, sexy woman from Abu Dhabi. Absolutely. Um, I'm living for this tunic vibe. Definitely at home. No cameras, no social media while my crotch is out. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because in the public, I remain modest. A lady. (laughs) I got to remain a lady. But at home, I am no lady. (laughs) Abu Dhabi, one life. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, So this section, I always love to call the closet clean because... I will always tell this story because I am not ashamed. I am not a hoarder. I am not dirty. I just have four wardrobes where Hi. four different people live in my house. Right. And we don't have enough closet space. <laughs> and so my closets always remain and always will be on the floor. And my entire room and half the house at this point is just covered in clothes. And not in like a gross way. It's just like we've decorated with clothes at this point. You know, just furs <laughs> draped over sofas at this point. You know, as like a throw, as like a throw cover. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
It's it's just ooh, that's a lot of hair, boo boo. Okay. okay, I know. I saw him walk in. I Sorry. was like, but he's definitely gonna say yeah, something about this that. Fishbowl box and the Trustafarians walking by. It's, we are we are in the happens. glass enclosed fashion center so, here. We're in the, the glass Hotel. enclosed fashion center here, <laughs> talking about my messy closet, watching the cuties go by. And um, yeah. I just want to get off my chest. I had the most beautiful luxury experience yesterday. Yes, at this fabulous jewelry brand Alexis Patar, <gasps> and um, I'm doing I'm hosting the Hershey ball um coming up in uh, june 15th and i hope everyone that's listening buys a ticket we will be there yes, yes. you will both be there for sure mm-hmm. um giving life in the glam box boutique yes but i then, will have my yes, line there have your line there and then also just like being yourselves like around the party and kind of like i said before you know cute uh, like i said before <laughs> <Distraction>. <laughs> self-made distractions like i said before but um bringing uptown to downtown True. you know and putting them in the same room and like letting each other like feed off each other's genius and fabulousness Love and that. but um lovely jewelry brand and like not even lovely fabulous jewelry brand alexis Batar. they are doing a pop-up little booth like shop booth um in the vip for the vip um at the ball and they also offered to put jewelry on me and show it off. <laughs> and so I got to like go and like such a pretty woman moment. So it, girl, it was like a Rachel Zoe moment. Like Ooh. it was like celebrity like moments. <laughs> you know, the whole experience is lovely. The 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 jewelry really is just absolutely stunning and creative and fascinating. They have so many clip-on earrings. Mm. I know because I don't have my ears pierced. And I was just like, well, crap, maybe I just will not wear earrings. And he was just like, we got clip-ons, boo-boo. I was just like, oh, 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 you got clip-ons? Of course they do. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm super excited to like wear their stuff. And we start, the brand and I start following each other on Instagram. And um, I hope I get to like make a relationship with them because they really have beautiful things and like the stuff that I want to buy personally. Oh, they also have, which I found really interesting and my fashion history brain just exploded. And I was just like, I have to have you guys on the show. So hopefully I can get someone from Alexis Batar on the show. Um, But they have a section of their company where they collect antique jewelry yes like old you know like that's vintage. what i'm talking yeah about. obviously yeah. vintage chanel because any jewelry obviously. antique collector has to have vintage chanel mm-hmm. um but just beautiful pieces that like are beautiful diamonds and sapphires crystals they also have what really really got me turn of the century art nouveau no. morning rings no mm. So morning rings that people don't know. You are literally are, speaking Trey yes. in my language right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. Trey is like panting over here. I know. Well, and since they like, are nouveau, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like all the tails just popped up everyone I've over up here. Real good. Yeah. So, Tell me all about. So for people that don't know, morning rings. Um, Victorians saw death in a different way that we see death nowadays. It wasn't necessarily. It wasn't feared. No. It was celebrated and it was remembered and it was revered more than anything. And there was always jewelry and different trinkets that help you remember your loved ones. And one of them were mourning rings. And if you were a person of means, um, you were able to get these made where they were rings that were lockets where you put your loved one's hair inside. Yeah. Um, one of them at the store was one where the band was a full locket oh, and the hair wrapped around inside the band. Amazing. It was beautiful. Was it, was, it braided? Yeah, uh, no, it wasn't braided. Okay. It was like a couple strands, but it was Aww. like still in there. I was just like... That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, that. there was someone's hair oh, in yeah. the ring? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You would always take a piece of your loved one with you to honor them. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I was 100% She's with like, you She's like, but I call that way. the inheritance. But then, <laughs> but then when you put someone else's hair 
on your finger. That's just a whole other uh, juju. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why I didn't buy it. <laughs> I know. I felt you. I was just like, oh, my, my God. This when is it's my not f- your family member. Yeah, that's that was when just, it gets a little more. I don't yeah, even know was, whose hair this is. I was just like, ooh, seance ring? And my friend was just like, you're going to raise the wrong spirit. Right? And I was just like, maybe or maybe <laughs> not. It's just like, my hand is talking to me. What does it saying? <laughs> Idle hands. Idle freaking hands. Idle hands are like, Phoom. <laughs> oh my gosh oh my god well do you guys have anything to get off your chest in the closet clean did you no I mean <laughs> listening to you talk about your apartment is like I mean my situation is very similar only I have you know the whole basement of my house and it's literally just a sea of clothing racks well, what and do those clothing clothes, that you climb over to but get but what do those to- clothes represent to you like what are the feelings in your life <laughs> well, I love vintage clothing because it's always like a moment in history. It is. It is. You know. you know what's really interesting about vintage clothes? I always find really funny. And people who don't understand wearing vintage are mm-hmm. like, oh, it's dirty or like someone else wore it. I'm just like, no. Look, this item survived this long. Right? It ain't going nowhere. <laughs> okay. But what you just bought is literally falling apart. Already. Already. You all- bought it with holes in it all- on purpose. Oliver Twist. <laughs> Okay. So, you Please, know. Sir, may I have some more? Looking like Bilbo Baggins. Oh. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or Mary Kate Olsen. Either one. It's interchangeable. <laughs> She's going to come for me. Watch. She's gonna, I'm going to start a fight with Mary Kate Olsen, you guys. She does. I should start a Twitter war with Mary Kate Olsen. I'm not a Twitter war person. I'm really not a social yeah, media no, war kind of person. Not at all. But to get a Twitter war with Mary Kate, though, my, that might be epic. What you got to say, Mary? Because yeah. it would be cute. No, she's no. dark. It would be cute. No, she is dark. This, <laughs> oh, those hoes just release a, a high-end witch line. I'm pretty well, sure they're vampires. I still yeah. thought it was cute. I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> oh, that is. No, it you was know, cute. It was precious. No, no, it was precious. You want to like exploit a whole like religion of people that are really trying to like remain legitimate. But that's totally fine. I feel you. I feel you, Mary Kay. <laughs> I'm going to start calling her Mary Kay. Is she really going to come for me? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Let us take a break while I figure out what Twitter battle I'm going to start with Mary Kay Olsen on. <laughs> Say, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. She's not sending out the fucking Mary Kay bats on me. I'm, I'm just saying. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> don't you dare look at me like that with that tone of eyeshadow. Yes. <laughs> with that four different tones of eyeshadow. <laughs> Very true. Very true. It's really beautiful. You're not it's wrong. really beautiful. I know, right? <laughs> Let's take a little break. Um, so many laughs. Um, you're listening to the Beauty Archeo, your fashion history comedy motherfucking podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm really feeling the laughter with you. Yes. So please, I need to. T- I need to breathe. And we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about camp. And I'm changing the title from what you see on this screen right here. It's gonna be notes on a revolution. Oh, yeah. Because okay. wow. that's what camp is. All right. We'll be right back, everyone.
We're back. We're back. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, we're so back. <laughs> we <laughs> Welcome back. Okay, people, you are listening to the Beauty Archeo. Uh, this is your fashion history comedy podcast. I am your host, Professor Noir, and we are back with my special guest, Mundy Spears, the superstar, space superstar, hey. and Trey. That's it. <laughs> that is it. I'm also usually just Monday, but I know. I like. Work. I'm sorry. Now they know. Oh crap! No, I'm just kidding. That you're related to Britney Spears. <laughs> Get out. You're not related to. Just Br- go. You're not related oh, no. to Britney Spears. I'm just. I'm just making a joke. Although, actually, really funny. Brittany, side you don't note. Know me. You don't know me. Side, side note: One of my friends when I was a little kid that I grew up with. He was related to Britney Spears. He was like second. It was like his second cousin or something. Aww. Like totally random, right? That's so random. It's so, so, so random. <laughs> Good thing that's not me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's totally Monday. It's totally Monday. <laughs> the jig is up Monday. <laughs> Everyone knows about your sparkly bra days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, we need to get serious, class. The laughter is over. The teacher is up in front of the class. Yes, Professor Pussy. Listen up, listen up. We are talking about camp. So uh, the Met Gala happened the first Monday in May. It was absolutely fabulous. We saw a lot of looks. Um, we, before we came back, came off this break, you mentioned Casey Musgraves' look in yeah. that Moschino Barbie outfit, which was absolutely... I'm not a huge fan of Casey Musgraves, but um, that... That whole Barbie execution was like absolutely amazing. The blow dryer handbag. The blow dryer handbag, <laughs> that like hot pink, shocking it, pink fur. Yes. Um, you know it was hot, so I'm like really surprised you even like wore fur. I, I was know. just like, I it you were really brave. And that pink was special. It was like Jim and the holograms pink. It was. It yes, was. It really truly was truly outrageous. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was seriously like Barbie mm. pink to like the T. And then you mentioned another person, um Yeah, and I, I was talking about Amy Fine Collins. Amy Fine Collins. I don't I didn't you know it's a little little off the like random, but Tom Brown really was kind of a little bit of a star of the Met Gala this year. He oh, really pulled out yeah. some amazing. Oh look. yes. Oh, Tom. Absolutely. I mean, well, that's and thing. when you look at her look, yeah. it looks like something Trey would want to wear. Oh, uh, all black, yeah. white, and red. Bow it's super Andrew. Oh, with the half, the half bow tie or the yeah. half tuxedo. Yes. yes. Yeah. Amy Fine Collins look was absolutely amazing. Then, Tom Brown, <gasps> as a designer, really pulls off camp all the time. True. And actually, if you think about it, really brought camp in a very streamlined way to men's suiting. Exactly. So he brings, I mean, he brought us the shrunken suit for men, which is why so many guys now, you see, especially even in D.C., which I'm very surprised they've like taken this up, but they wear the shrunken suit where it's like the high water pants, yes. the exposed, like really funky sock. Right. You know what I mean? A shoe that doesn't necessarily match the suit, you know, doing a brown shoe or mm-hmm. a yellow shoe or, mm-hmm. you know, a bl- or navy blue shoe. You know, it's really interesting what Tom Brown has done for that. And I, I personally love what he does every fucking runway collection. Absolutely. Every oh, yeah. single runway collection. But he did definitely bring it for the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. Um, going into, like, the looks of the Met Gala, we were talking, I mean, like, obviously these looks that we're talking about definitely exuded the theme of camp. Um, camp, by definition, according to Wikipedia, because according to Wikipedia, you give it to me straight, no chaser. <laughs> straight up straight no chaser see I'm trying to like get a Wikipedia sponsorship oh so I think that, that, that makes I, sense you know I think that that I think that that slogan for them is 
what needs to happen personally so people put it out there just petition wikipedia to sponsor me uh, <laughs> with other people's money <laughs> with donations um so by definition according to wikipedia camp is an aesthetic style and sensibility that regards something as appealing because of its bad taste and ironic value Camp aesthetics disrupt many of modernism's notions of what art is and what can be classified as high art by inverting aesthetic attributes such as beauty, value, and taste through a through an, through an invitation of different of a different kind of apprehension and consumption. Pardon me. Um, camp can also be a social practice. For many, it is considered a style and performance identity for several types of entertainment, including film, cabaret, and pantomime. Where high art necessarily incorporates beauty and value, camp necessarily needs to be lively, audacious, and dynamic. Camp aesthetics delights the, imp- the impertinence. Camp opposes satisfaction and seeks to challenge. Yes. I like that. It's yeah. beautiful, right? <laughs> Let's unpack this. Yes. <laughs> Zip. Uh, <laughs> so, like, just even thinking about that definition alone, um, there are a lot of parts of this I definitely agree with. I mean, there's some parts... That it's interesting because there was uh, when they said bad taste and ironic value, I and I originally titled this camp the tea on taste because to me, camp has always been bad taste. However, over the last week, I've been really looking at camp because so many people have been talking about it and like what it is and defining it mm-hmm. and thinking about it. I mean, even like thinking about. Because Elton John, that new Elton John movie is out. Right. And like Project Runway's last recent episode, I watched it last night, I just happened to catch it. Um, they were doing like costume, or yeah, they were, was it last night or the night before last? I think it was like the night before, or like last week's, I just saw it. But um, they did Elton John costuming with like right. menswear design, like men, male models and everything. Those male models were hot. But <laughs> a lot of the costumes were like, you know, just really crazy and very like typical, like costumey of Elton John. And it's funny because I'm thinking to myself, I was like, these these judges are like going into the detail of saying like, what is taste and what is not taste and like why someone's not pulling out good taste. I'm just like, but there was no good taste to begin with, (laughs) in my opinion. However, Mm -hmm. I re and then I looked at the person that actually won. And I was like, okay, I was like, well, that outfit is really cute. I mean, it was this blue, high-waisted, very 70s Elton John kind of outfit. It had um, rhinestone Swarovski crystals and feathers going down the front and then around the waist as if it was a belt. So it kind of like really accentuated the high-waistness. Of, I'm like going away from the, the microphone, sorry. <laughs> accentuated the, high, the, high, the height of the waist. Um, uh, like kind of like a shrunken like T-shirt under it rolled up just above the bicep suspenders sunglasses the jacket to match a fedora that kind of cocked to the side it was really gorgeous and i was like okay well there's the taste level yeah i always thought camp was kind of walking that fine line or even going so far into the bad taste that you kind of come out on the other side like it's fabulous (laughs) again you know it's like Like so hideous it's fabulous like you tried to bore into the core of the world and then you just like got to the other side of the world yeah exactly (laughs) That, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I always saw it as something that was teasingly ingenious. Ooh, yes. And it, it's not afraid to make a joke of itself. 
Exactly. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it can be extravagant and beautiful at the same time, but also a, a, a little bit of cheek in there. A little bit of tongue in cheek. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in um, the Met Gala, the, the Met, let me stop saying the Met Gala, the Met Costume Institute, because we're off the gala, the yes. Met Costume Institute, um, they have a short video about seven minutes about the exhibition. Okay. Um, Camp Notes on Fashion, which mm-hmm. was the title was inspired by Susan Sontine's um, um, article is it article I was thinking it was like a longer project but it's not like a full book or mm-hmm. essay excuse me essay yeah. called camp notes on or notes on camp right oh, that's okay. what I was talking about last yes, time exactly yes you were talking about this last time um, and it was really interesting because where they start they go back into the 1400s mm-hmm. where camp was like first mentioned in literature yes <laughs> she just twisted her imaginary she, mustache and then gave me a count chocolate count chocula yes just now so i Trey, i think you have something to say on that well you know it was such a beautiful era anyway yes and they were not afraid to just be a little silly and garish in their wardrobe and they took a lot of risks especially for back then when yes most people didn't yes but when the right people did then it opened it up for everyone else and so then it became a celebration of this new style exactly and we saw that style a lot in spain and in italy yes which i found really interesting Mm -hmm. um i think france started to pick it up later in the 1500s and the 1600s but in italy in the 1400s during the renaissance period you did see the first elements of camp really being expressed in the western sense that we know of um i think we can definitely say in the far east in like you know Persian, Arabic, and Chinese um, Mongol empires, there was definitely incarnations of camp and high performance art and called high art camp. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that was necessarily being defined in the Western terms yet. So, but yeah, in the 1400s, we can definitely say, I can safely say in the Renaissance period, we saw that. We really saw that. Yeah, and the it's men int- started wearing wigs and heels and makeup. And- but this is the <laughs> funny thing. Remember... Almost knocked that over. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but remember what we're coming out of. The Black Plague. Right. And the era of the Black Plague. Mm. So these things like the Scaramouche masks and these masquerades that became very popularized were really kind of them making a new, a new something new out of an age that was very dark. The, 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 the Black Plague redistributed social norms um, gender roles and and um, finance, uh, the, the world econ- uh, the world economy shifted mm-hmm. because of the Black Plague. So right. those that were able to indulge, number one, really did in a big way and really celebrate this new found life in a really big way, exploring the arts, exploring themselves, exploring the mind, exploring their connection even with God and nature and both. Yes. Um, so it's interesting to think about the fashion that came out of it because we do see this very exuberant fashion. Mm-hmm. And even in the architecture, we see bold color, that resurgence of Roman art where in an actual Roman building on Roman, on these Roman statues that we now look at that are bare statues in the museum, these were fully colored and painted statues. And so they're reviving that in the Renaissance period. And they're reviving a new sense of life through the dark, through the darkness that they've just already experienced for the last what hundred some years. Right. Um, 
so I can so as we think about it too, like when I'm saying camp a notes in a revolution, this is I would say probably the start of that revolution of saying we are no longer going to accept death as the only that is the one thing that's going to take us. We are now going to experience life if death is going to take us and it was in a way a a really a big fuck you to the establishment and the old establishment of religion after the roman empire had fallen at this point as well so we had this kind of visigoth sense of religion still um, which was very strict Mm -hmm. um very much so like restrictive of class of gender and all these other things and it was a and sexuality and the experience of sexuality and the expression of sexuality that then they're saying in revolution to that we are going to now take all of that and go someplace else with it we're going to heighten it and make it part of our identity and sell it frankly for a lot of money make it work and make it work and become very rich off of this and make our nation very rich after that the exhibition on camp at um, the Met Museum goes into um, Louis the Fourteenth and his brother, and the whole idea of the fop. Oh my god, I loved him so much. Yes. He's one of my favorite historic characters. Yes, because even since childhood, he dressed as a little girl. He dressed as like the most girly, gorgeous, the gorgeous little like girl. Little I mean, princess. Yeah. It was just, and they they still have portraits. Yeah, they still have portraits in Versailles of him yes. in these beautiful oh. gowns, dressed as a little girl. Mm. And he really, and this is a person that took it to a whole new level where he embodied this gender non-binary character. Yes. And really um, embody the femi- the feminization of men at the time, which was interesting because the fop was a very feminine presenting man, mm-hmm. but was also the symbol of masculinity. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely. And so when we talk about camp, and you talk about humor, and you talk about clothes subverting societal norms through humor, the fop clothing was like it. Yes. Huge wigs, long diaphanous hair on mm-hmm. men. Um, we start seeing men wearing heels in a way that we now see heels done in the Western way. And men were kind of like really taking that on just before women. Women were more wearing wedges, yeah. which a lot of people don't understand because mm-hmm. the dresses were much heavier. So you couldn't necessarily wear oh, right. Yeah, no, you heels. wouldn't have to balance. Yeah, you have to balance. And the funny thing is the panniers actually like lighten the dress up mm-hmm. because it would it would... It would hold the dress up instead of you, instead of the dress being supported by layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers layers of wool petticoats, (laughs) (laughs) which was very medieval. Um, Or even after, or even in the Renaissance where like heavy velvet was so popular. So like the Italians are wearing these huge like clogs and like flat forms and shit like that. Love a good flat form from Italy in the 1400s. I really do. Oh my God. Those were, I mean, like you want to talk about McQueen shoe. Like that was early McQueen right there. Okay. It was. Let's always talk about McQueen. (laughs) I have, I have, I have. Um, So, so looking at the fop out of that, then they kind of go into the queer, which I think is really interesting. They start going into the queer, the early 20th century queer, out of like the fop, which I'm, I think to myself, you missed a lot because you missed a good hundred years of crazy That's camp, true. which is the Victorian era. Right. <laughs> where camp was this idea of being extra to subvert society and to establish mm-hmm. yourself into society and to say that your ideals are the way society should run. That is like so Victorian to the root. Yes, very, mm-hmm. very, very true. And we're not just saying like Victorian England. Victorian, Victorian culture was everywhere in the world because yeah. they own, what, 90% of the damn world at this point. Yeah, oh yeah. Right. So 
Um, I honestly, I mean, you guys can talk. Please interrupt because I'm like going on a. I'm doing this this <laughs> box. I'm on my soapbox here. We're sitting here head nodding. Just head nodding. These. I mean, I'm just saying these students like, are taking preach. notes. These students are taking notes over here. Um, the Victorian era. Oh, it was just so amazing. Actually, and you are very much so a person that ex- you express a lot of that Victorian sensibility in your style. Oh yeah. Um, how, like, what, in terms of, like, inspirations of camp, have you actually found, Trey? Oh, well, I mean, especially taking from the Victorian era, I mean, I didn't even think about it, but uh, truthfully, I mean, the way that I just normally dress on a day-to-day basis, I am not shy about wearing a bustle at the grocery <laughs> store. Yeah, <No>, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, and actually, my favorite bustle is from 1870. Oh, wow. Hold on. Describe that, please. At technically 1872. It's when they brought the bustle up even further. Okay. And then had the tufting so that you had like a proper tail. Oh, oh, okay. So it was like the bustle was brought for it, but then it also continued down. Exactly. So it was it the went metal. All the way down to the floor. So they had a little cage under oh, it. Oh, okay. Okay. So you had the cage bustle. It, you didn't have just the bump. Exactly. It wasn't just like the little pillow bump that they were previously using. They were like, you know what? We need more structure <laughs> for what we're going to do here. Yeah, no, we need more structure for where we're going right now. Okay, exactly, ladies. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, someone had the bright idea of like, I'm just going to stick a bird cage back there and yes. hold it up. Well, and also, so the. <laughs> interesting too about that is that era victorian dress um you want to talk about oh camp victorian dress and it's like it's so crazy because the 70s the 80s and the 90s were all so different yes and they were so extreme one after the other so in the 1870s you're going into a revival of romanticism i think it is it's like the it's like the last incarnation of romanticism in fashion mm. and that was it was the bustle but the dresses were still a little bit bigger yeah they were still like giving you a lot of volume on an a-line shape as well as like viewing from like the profile shape mm-hmm. you had like the the layered bustles and like a lot more lighter weight fabrics because we're coming out of the full cage circle dress from the 1860s yeah the hoop the hoop the full hoop <laughs> Um, so we just had the cage bustle. Mm-hmm. Then after that, you go into a much more strict cage bustle, cut closer to the body. The entire dress is sucked closer to the mm. body. And the entire boss itself is like a just a shell. Yeah. It's just like a shell of just like tits and arms and like mm. the tiniest weight you can think of. Mm. And you're just like, why do your tits look like a hard shell? But it's just how they rolled. <laughs> Because, you know, they just wanted to look strong. But it was a very strong look. It was. It was a very strong, yeah. It was very strong. You were strapped in. You were strapped in. You were strapped in. Yes. It was the kind of dress that can trap a fart. That's for damn sure. (laughs) 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 They were human too, okay? (laughs) If you look at their diets, girl, you know, like, there was no crop dusting, but shit, under there. Can you guys hear the face I'm making? (laughs) Yeah, I can hear your face. Yes. I've just lost all five of my listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Click. (laughs) And then in the 1890s, we're getting into even more strict. But I think the cage bustle goes out mm-hmm. and you just have the hard shell bump. Yeah. But the cage bustle goes out, but it's even more strict. Then in the 1900s, the bustle is gone. 
and you just so have, sad. <laughs> I cry in my heart. But you know, I love the I love the 1900s because then you just have layers and layers of like chiffon of like chiffon underskirts. They they made up for it most yeah. definitely, especially with the hats. Oh, ex- oh my god! And then the hats just got bigger. Mm-hmm. The the butt got smaller, but the hats yeah. got real big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they made up for it. And it's so fine. you and then that is like the era of like camp camp where into like the modern era that we know of in modern fashion. And so for the women, you have this camp fashion where the hats are huge. I mean whole populations of birds got wiped out they had to do a law by the night by like 1905 in in london or in britain you can't go bird hunting anymore because they killing all the birds for hats literally and you know nested bird feasts yes oh oh yeah the bird the yeah yeah Yeah. bird nest soup well no yeah yeah you know bird within a bird within a bird within a bird oh yeah the inception of birds so the really like the big turducken. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like today's turducken. Or as I like to, as I, my favorite from medieval period, the cock and beast. Oh, oh. I remember that. It's a peacock sewn exactly. to a pig. Yeah. Yeah. It's really crazy. It's insane. It's really, it's, yeah. Wow. I know people were really strange. That's, that was camp. It's like Franken dinner. Yeah. Like food was camp, girl. <laughs> Professor Pussy, I am writing that down. So. After, so I'm going to skip really like a little bit. I'm going to skip further ahead into the 20th century because um, I don't, I mean, like I'm not skipping out on the queer aspects of camp, but yeah. even though that was talked about a lot at the Met Museum, I want to actually talk a little bit more about um, the African-American contribution to camp yes. and how that really was a sense of revolution um, in the late 60s and early 70s, which and a lot of historians who know the 60s and say the 60s consider one part of the 60s, the early part, the good 60s, where mm-hmm. it was peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. And the last part of the 60s, which goes into, I want to say 1974, is considered the bad 60s, where it was more of the political, like physical action and violence happening. And so... In that period, we are seeing the era of disco rise. And disco did not just start with what you saw in 254. Disco started in the gay clubs and it started in like black clubs. Yeah. Because they were a lot of times in like very similar neighborhoods. The music was very underground and very experimental. And so the black contribution to disco, it one should never be forgotten because those are those are disco roots right there. Oh, yeah. But it's the costuming hmm. that is the most like subversive in my opinion that I think a lot of people miss and a lot of people miss on that subject when it came to this exhibition mm-hmm. it, um, so I actually had a, I pulled up a couple of pictures on my Pinterest the beauty archaeologist because um, yes. everyone knows I'm a Pinterest girl but yeah man those early opportunities for opulence were so important sociopolitically like not just for fashion like because what were they doing? Right. They were responding to the dark and violent images put out about African Americans exactly. and saying not only is there not only are we beautiful, but there's joy and celebration in the things that we talk about, the things that we sing about. Yes. So these singers, while they're singing like disco music and that kind of thing, they're singing about actually like enjoying life and celebrating life, but they're also they also have albums and songs where they're singing about the real shit that's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so one of my favorites that I love thinking about, uh, Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells, mm-hmm. um, you know, super high camp, super sexy, um, really famous costume of theirs that I'm, I just pulled up of all of them in kind of their futuristic space outfits. Oh, That's one of so my much. favorite looks. Yeah, pa- so boots. Yeah, so Patti LaBelle oh. is in this like a silver lame jacket with like a peplum um, ribbed in the front, like ribbed all around, like very super space 
very super like space and futuristic with completely thigh high platform silver boots. Yes. Um, and then the other two bluebells are wearing like similar outfits in like ribbed space. One is like wearing like one that's like way sexier. It's just more of a bustier bra with like shoulder um, shoulder pads on it. And, and those oh. are shorts, are they not? And those are shorts. Oh and they're like God, a they're winged, amazing. like rib shorts. So it's like shorts that look like a skirt, but they're cut out into an A-line shape or something. And they're all ribbed. They're all like quilted ribbed and everything. Um, so it's like, looks like that, you know, like the Funkadelics, you know, like yes. I think about that. Mm. Um, Sun Ra with the acid rock and the psychedelic mm-hmm. rock nice. and what he was with Afrofuturism. Um, my favorite these are things yeah the Afrofuturism of it all yes is something that was greatly missed in this exhibition I That's wish they sad. I, I mean it's so amazing well I mean they got their due because they didn't really get a good review on that exhibition this year because they uh, said it was kind of just like one note and it yeah. was in my opinion mm-hmm. I think that they really did not I mean like I there should have and I yet to have seen this there should have been a completely huge section on Hello Kitty in Japanese art and culture. Like Harajuku. Yeah, like where, that's like the, where were you, like, Mm. for this? (laughs) You know? And so, you know, I don't want to say that, and as a very, very queer person, I'm saying right now, camp is not something only founded by queer people. Camp is a form of expression that many people over many generations have utilized to establish their identity within society to change society for the better and or to evolve their society environment around them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that that is one of the most important things about this experience and like the whole camp and like what people are talking about. I think people really should take away from this is that, you know, yes, certain people have done certain things that have attributed to society. Yes, we can always say that, but there's also certain ways of being that have been experienced by many people. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you bring up Granddad George Clinton, who just won his Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes! My, literally, mm-hmm. my family, my granddad. He, <laughs> no, that's what I call him. Um, <laughs> but he's still doing it, yes. and it still resonates with so many people. That exactly. is why he just got that award, yes. because he has been doing this and expressing himself in these off-the-cuff ways for so long and, and we still resonate with it. And it's just, and I, I think about people like that, it's just like, see how, like, they're in their career, how they've, like, broken racial barriers by dressing and, ex- and expressing themselves aesthetically the way they do. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I don't think they would have necessarily have gotten that recognition or we would have known about him up until now, up to these years, you know? And having him getting a Lifetime Achievement Award, if he had not made that conscious decision to explore this aspect of his own identity early, early, early on and went with it and allow people to experience that. And express that really jubilant side of him. Express he that is really, that kind of person that yeah. just loves to be silly and fun and, you know. Like. But it's also, not, it's also not a shuck and jive either. It's Mm-mm. not a Bojangles moment. No. You know what I mean? It's no. not saying that I'm going to pander to a white audience. He's saying not. that I'm going to bring them into the experience of the joy of blackness. You yeah, know, it's be, creating that that beautiful environment to share it with the world. It's a celebration of uniqueness. Yes, and that is what camp is, which you just said. And so, um, thank you both 
for being on this episode with me. It was such a surprise to have you, Trey. I was so happy. Monday like just brought Trey, and I was just like, "Yeah, <laughs> I like surprises." This, I love a good surprise. We love a surprise here at the Beauty Archeo. Anyone can sit in on the class and audit. It's totally fine. Um, but thank you both so much thank for being you. here. Say thank you to the. Say bye to the people. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for having us today. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, people. Thanks for having me again, as always, anytime. Happy to be here with you, Professor Pussy. Always. So, yeah, please, both of you, definitely come back. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Beauty Archeo. I am your host, Professor Noir. This is your fashion history comedy podcast. Be with us every single Friday at 1 p.m. when we broadcast live on Full Service Radio from the Lion Hotel, D.C. Um, You can check out the Beauty Archeo Facebook page and join. Um, you can check me out on Instagram under the Beauty Archeo as well. Mundy, what is your Instagram? Yes, you can find me at Mundy Music, M-U-N-D-Y-M-U-S-I-K. And also, if you want to follow my clothing line, that is Mundy Junk. Mundy Junk. Yes. And then Trey, are you on the social medias? I am too. Yes. Under Trey, T-R-E gallery so <laughs> at trey gallery that's also my website as well okay see just keep it all in one yeah compact <laughs> compact <laughs> thank you everyone have a wonderful wonderful day i'm going to florida for a nude optional wedding Ooh. and i will see you guys next week have a good weekend bye oh, bye Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.